Okay, today is Daf Yud Beis. Yesterday was Daf Yud Aleph. We are going to do a review of yesterday's Daf. Get to today. We are learning Li'ilu Nishmas Yaakov Ben Yitzchak Halevi and Dina Bashulen. Shamash have an Aliyah. And, and Gil Ben Yosef Halevi. And also I have a mind uh, and with that let's get to the review of yesterday's daf. So we're starting our review um, about uh, 12 lines down at the two dots. Um, we're talking about the various parts of the Torah. Some parts of the Torah there's very little text and a lot of laws. Okay, So uh, we brought down a b'risa that says that by, when it comes to Negam and Allah there's a very little verses and much law. So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? Negaim is extremely large amount of verses. Um, very detailed in the Torah about all the laws of Negaim. So it's Mikra Meruba. So how could you say that? So Rav Papa says, what we mean is to say is this, is that Negaim is a lot of text, not that much um, uh, in the Mishnah's department. And the reverse is true with Allah. Allah is very little text and much halacha in the um, in Mishnayis. Um And that's what it's trying to say. Why is that relevant? It's because if a person is unsure in the area of, of Negoim, the first place to look is in Hilchas, uh, in, the, in the Torah. And if you're not sure of something in, in Ahalos, then you're probably going to find your answer in the Mishnayis and not necessarily in the Psukim. Um, next, we talked about Dinin, and we mentioned that when it comes to Dinin, Avodos, uh, Tumos, and Taros, and Tumels, and all those things, um, there's Yeshlem Amash Yismuchu, there's on what to rely. But that already is a terminology that implies that it's not quite explicit, it's just that there's a very well founded Drashos. So what is that that's not explicit? Dinim is quite written out in the Torah, all the details of torts and damages, etc. So the Gemara explains, it's referring specifically to Rebbe's drasha. Rebbe brings down when it says in the Torah, nefesh tachas nefesh, it does not mean literal. It doesn't mean that we kill a person who killed someone else accidentally, even though that person did intend to kill one person, he didn't tell, intend to kill the person that he did end up killing. Um, but he is nefesh tachas nefesh, means he is responsible in a civil way, okay? Um, meaning financially. Um, for damages, okay? Um, so, right, I don't know if you remember, right, what was the OJ case, right? He, 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 he won the criminal case, but he, he lost the civil. So that's the thing. It's two different criteria um, um, as, far as, uh, as far as those things go. So financially, it was, it was, um, it, there's a responsibility here. So that's what nefesh tachas nefesh means. Now you said that it's money, maybe it's nefesh mamish. Um, so it says the word nesina in both places, and just like over there, it means clearly money. So to here it means money, and that's the drasha. It's a found, well-founded drasha, and that's the idea. Next because was, at the end, you're guilty. You're paying, you're guilty, but not in a corporal, not in a death penalty way. Big difference. You give your life for life. You don't have to, you're, you're right, your, 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 your responsibility is a financial payment for the other person's loss of but life. Are they calling you innocent or not guilty and guilty? 
Well, it's... Because the first one is like... Yeah, no, so here's the thing. The, the one's financial... What's important to understand, financial responsibility is a lot higher... Th- uh, t- or a lower threshold than the threshold necessary for death penalty. For death penalty, you need intentionality. You need to have meant to do this. For financial responsibility, you're responsible for yourself. If you're even just negligent and it wasn't intentional, you're fully financially responsible for someone's death. But Do you understand? In That's case, the difference. He was not guilty first. He wasn't. He was, was not guilty. And just then Trump. Yeah, but I'm saying he was not guilty in a criminal way, but right. he was guilty in a in a financial way. I'm saying, but in Torah law, it's actually true. There's a different threshold. You need to prove that it was an intentional act. You have to right. be able to prove these various things that are not necessary to be proved in, to be responsible financially. For um, that's just the the way Torah perceives these things. Okay. Now, next is serving in the base of Migdash. Why is that not outright written? The answer is. There's one halacha regarding that that's not written out explicitly. That's the whole, the bringing of the blood to the mizbeach, which is uh, the Torah only talks about the catching of the blood in such a terminology of bringing the blood close, and it implies that you caught the blood. And the reason why it says it that way is because to elevate the bringing of the blood close to the altar as a level of avoda that requires all the same requirements as a... As a uh, as um, as any of the other malachos, he has to be a kohen. He has to be in his clothes. He cannot have a blemish, etc. Okay, and uh, and that's the uh, it's a part and parcel of the act of kabbalah. Okay, brings us even though it by itself is an act that doesn't necessarily have to happen, but nevertheless it belongs in the list. Next one, the list is taharos. And we said, isn't that outright written? The answer is, the sheer mikvah is not outright written. It just says the words, v'rochatz b'moyim, uh, which is, a, we're talking about mikvah water. It's not talking about mayim chayim. doesn't require mayim chayim, but it does require a specific type of water, you know, uh, gathered water, mei mikvah. And it says, es kolbsaro, which means um, uh, that it has to cover the entire body, which the chazal figure out is one ama by one ama. A cubit by a cubit by three cubits that can fit a full body of a person inside of that amount of water. And the Chachamim evaluated that as 40 seya, which is again, it's not explicit, but it's hinted at well. It's well hinted. Okay, next is Tameos, which then is not explicit in the Torah regarding Tumah. That's the shear of, uh, of Tumah for the size of a lentil by a Sheretz, which is based on. Um, the Pasuk. The Pasuk on the one hand says Bahem, and then it says Mayhem. Bahem means sounds like you touched the entire animal. Mayhem means sounds like only a part. How can it be both? The answer is it's that it has to have some quality of all in part. So it's the minimum shear of what this minimum size of one of these shratzim when they're babies, when they're tiny. And that was the snail is extremely small, the size of a lentil when it starts. It's one shot. Rabbi's review this says it's the tail of the lizard, which is also it could curl up to the size of a lentil for a small lizard. And it falls off and it still wiggles, which has in it like some aspect of feeling like it's alive which is itself, that's the, the point, that it's also, in a sense, like a whole body in a way, and that's why it's the sheer. Okay, uh, again, it's hinted at, it's, but it's a well-sourced hint. Next, we talked about Arias, what's not written explicitly about Arias. That's the daughter from Ananusa, 
it's not written out right. As Rabbi says, Yitzchak ben Avdimi says that it's based on the Gzir Shava. Heina says Heina by, uh, by the granddaughter of a man that is prohibited to him. Says uh, uh, by the granddaughter, by the wife's granddaughter. Just like over there, the daughter is just as prohibited as the granddaughter. So to hear the daughter is prohibited as the granddaughter, that's Heina Heina. Says Heina in both places. Heina is these, okay? Uh, but it's a com- it's a xerishava, and the, the level of pu- which punishment is it is based on the word zima, that zima zima, uh, just like over there is a tsrefa, so to hear it's tsrefa. Zima means uh, it was a disgusting act or like a you know an act of uh, that's a, that's the implication anyway. Now we said that those parts are gufe Torah. The Gemara was saying, what are the first parts not gufe Torah? So the Gemara said, no, Ein Vahin, both these and those, whether it's written out right, or and very well founded in the text, or very little bit in the text, um, it's all gufe Torah. That's what it, uh, Mishnah, and that was the end of the first parent. The next thing we talked about is Dina Arayos, should not be taught in a group of three. My Sabratius should not be taught in the group of two, and Merkava not even alone, unless he's a Chacha, maybe Midaito, and looking at certain things, four things, he's better than a person shouldn't be in the world. What is above, what is below, what is before, what is after. And if you don't have mercy on the honor of your master, then you deserve not to be in this world. Okay, we'll get to uh, a lot more about that. So the first thing is. uh, it sounds like that Maisim Rekava, even alone, you shouldn't study, because we're assuming that means to yourself. Unless you're a Chacham, maybe Midaito, obviously the only way to study it is if you're a Chacham, maybe Midaito. So the word says, we're talking about to- talking to people. You can talk to only two people, uh, not three people when teaching Arayos. Um, you can teach only one person when it's Maisim Rekavah, and when it comes to Maisim Merkava, you teach only one, if he also is a Chacham who really doesn't need a full clarification, and then you can just tell him in hint form, and he'll get the hint. Otherwise, you don't teach it. Okay, now, when it comes to Arias, why is it that Arias shouldn't be taught to three people? So first we thought that it's based on the text, from the words Ish Ish, and we said uh, that that doesn't really cut it, because it says Ish Ish, um, it says ish ish, and then it says sherb sorrow, and then it says lo sikruv legalos erva. Legalos means to reveal halachos of arayos. So the Gemara says not, not true because it says ish ish in many places, and we don't find this idea regarding other halachos. And the reason why it says ish ish is for a completely different reason. It says ish ish to teach us that uh, these are mitzvahs that are applicable to both Jew and Gentile. If you look at the list of where it says ish ish, it's interesting. I'd like to see if it if it follows through in the Torah. But um, the examples here given is Yikalalokav Birchas Hashem. That's uh, Gentiles are are. It's one of the seven mitzvahs Benayinoch, one of the seven Noach laws. Then um, the other one was Avodah It's also one of the Noach laws. And Arayos is from the Noach laws. So ish ish is el kol b'sher b'saro. It's it's talking to both the Jew and Gentile. There's uh, the same prohibition. That's the idea. So what is the basis? So the Gemara tried from a different passage. It says Ushmartim is Mishmarti, Shmartim is two, um, and Mishmarti is one. That's three people. So the Gemara says it says Mishmartim many places by Shabbos by Matzah. 
by the Beis Hamikdash doesn't really, and, and those do not have a requirement. So we said it's based on a different idea completely. We're not talking about arise in general, and you can certainly teach laws of arise to groups. But we're talking about the parts of arise that are not explicitly in the text, and the idea being. And then you need to teach to strictly only two people at a time. And that's based on logic. Yes? So then you keep, you keep those laws among the few. Mm. Among a few. No, no. Everyone will learn it. We'll just make sure that, uh, that uh, you, you do it in small groups, very small groups, two at a time. That's all. Um, Probably then because among a few is... Uh, better understanding. Yeah, that's better exactly teaching. that's what we that's because well that's what we're going to explain in a second. Okay, why? What's special about teaching to two people strictly? So we're saying in, in, we're talking about things that are not explicit that you need that from the one's own understanding they wouldn't necessarily learn it, and they need their teacher to tell it to them. The example given, Rashi says, is like bito like we talked about. Is a man prohibited to his daughter? If it wasn't his wife's uh, daughter, okay, uh, that's the that's not written out right in the Torah, and that's something that you make sure that when teaching that halacha, you're teaching to a maximum of two students. Why? Because when you're teaching two students, so sometimes one student will start peppering with questions to the teacher, right. and the teacher is responding. What's the other student doing at that time? He's focused on the same conversation and listening carefully. So therefore, no one is not going to be clear with what the teacher is saying. However, when you have three, three students and the teacher, so one of the students, the sharpest of the bunch, let's say, will start asking a lot of questions, and the teacher is arguing back and forth. And what are the other two people doing? They're going to be arguing with each other. So when the Rebbe will explain to this student, the other two will have missed the conversation because they're arguing amongst each other, and they missed it. And that's the purpose why it's maximum of two students in these types of laws. Now the question is, what's unique about Arayos? Let the entire Torah be taught in that fashion where it avoids any type of mistake. So that's because in the area of Arayos specifically, there's a, there's a Yetzir Hara that wants to allow things that are not allowed. Okay? And therefore you need, um, so there's a, there's a special taiva in the area of Gizela, theft, as well as Arayos. And therefore, you don't want, you don't want, we're, we're more careful about mistakes. Um, we're more worried about mistakes. So Gemara says, why not Xelos should be taught that way? Because there's a very different, fundamental difference between how the Taiva, the Yetzirah, for Gezela works, theft, even though, yes, it's a, 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 yes, it's a, a, a desire, but it works fundamentally different than, um, than it does by Arayos. Arayos, the desire for Arayos is not based on opportunity. It's, it's in one's mind, and the, the desires are there in your mind already. Okay? And therefore, you're thinking about, you can be thinking about it in your head, even if the opportunity is not presented. When it comes to theft, it's an opportunity-based desire. You see the money on the table, you're like... Tempted. <laughs> you're tempted. That's where the temptation comes. When you're not in front of the money, you're not, you're not tempted to that. So therefore, when learning the laws, you're, not, you're going to learn it in, without being skewed in your favor, okay, necessarily, because in learning, you're learning. When the opportunity arises, you're going to want to bend, you know, bend laws in your favor, but that's not, that's not the point, same point of learning. As opposed to in Arayos, 
the taivos the desire is internal, and therefore it's a, it's a bigger deal, and therefore you need to only teach maximum of two students. And that's that. That's I, the I would idea. say nowadays you only teach one student because huh? I would say nowadays you only teach one student. You have two students. The Talmud and the Rebbe are in the discussion, and the other student's going to be on a cell phone. <laughs> there you go. That's right. If cell phones are allowed, that's so a different discussion. Of course, we're going to sit other one in space. <laughs> <laughs> Moral relationships are taken as serious as they can be. The yeah. Ne- the next Mesechah, and then the Sechah after that, we're going to learn all about it. All about our rights. and Kasumas. Okay, we'll get there, we'll get there. The next thing is my sabratius and, and a maximum is two, and that's based on the puzzle because it says, Ki rishonim, which means that only an individual is allowed to ask single student at a time, and that's because you need full focus of a, one teacher to one student, and that's the way you teach these halachos. Um, that being said, we're going to be learning all about this in today's daf, and um, I know we're not a group of one-on-one, but don't worry. Uh, don't expect me to explain anything. Okay, <laughs> okay. You'll just take it for what it says. This is Chazal Tzvalt. It's it can be written, um, but oh, again, I, I'm sorry that I interrupt again. No wonder why, you know, with the the, the big sages, they learn from one person, right? Like his uncle taught him, his father taught him. This rabbi taught him. That's, well, uh, I, originally it was father to son. That's how that the racial system. All right, let's work okay. it out. Let's continue. Anyway, bottom line is, so, um, so the Gemara says, um, uh, what is it about my sabratius? So we saw a, a limitation as far as my sabratius goes. It's of, uh, from the sixth day. A person cannot, um, uh, it says, lemin hayom asher bora elokim adam ala oretz. So from the moment man was created, that's as far back as you go. What about the six days of creation before that? It says, Yamim Rishonim, Asher even the days before that. But not beyond that, and not later than that. Um, and then we said, those from one end to the other end, that's where you can focus, but not beyond that, not what's above, not what's below, not what's before, not what's after. And that is where we left off yesterday. We'll stop our review over here.